Hear now the words of the witches. The secrets we hid in the 90s and aughts. Vintage TV is invoked here. The great work of magic is sought. Bring us your powers, you sisters three. Wait, 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 wait. Are we doing witchcraft? No, bitch, it's a podcast about charm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Yujun Zulu. Hello, I'm Nick Probst. And this is... The Podcast of Shadows. So, Nick, um, episode one was baller, and I'm so excited for episode two now. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, They talk about sex. Mm, And religion, because those two things, I mean, I guess they rule the world, or I don't know. Yeah, two two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah, and um, (laughs) I have to say... um, I didn't realize how grateful I was for you until we recorded this episode because um, it was it was a doozy to record. <laughs> oh, the trials and tribulations. Yeah. yeah. So um, somehow, by the grace of the charmed ones, we managed to, mm-hmm. to get you episode two together. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. We're piecing it together. Yeah, but it was. It, this is slightly better cooked than episode one. So we're really excited about the quality of the recording and um, – it, because this is an award-winning show, mm-hmm. soon to be. Yeah. Yeah, it, it all worked out because I guess we're pretty charmed. No! <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to be on the nose or toot our own horn or foreshadow anything <laughs> at all. Okay, well, so please enjoy episode two. Hello, Nick. Hello, Mijan. Oh my god, I the response to the podcast it's been going so well. But I mean we're really here for episode two. <laughs> let's let's dive in. Oh, let's dive into episode two. Oh my What's god. it called again? Um I've got you under my skin. Ooh. Oh That's wait. gross. <laughs> <laughs> it is very gross. Um this one is very I don't know how to describe it. This this particular episode is so there are just so many things that are like going wrong that I not wrong. I, I think problematic for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. In, in these early episodes, there do tend to be a few things that nowadays make me a little queasy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just the whole, the whole idea that like women, um, um, like women are just uh, uh, let's uh, let's explain it for the for the listeners. Yes. So the premise is that we, we we open up with okay. So Phoebe um, does work with Piper at that restaurant, or she's just like there sometimes. But sometimes it looks like she's working, and sometimes it looks like she's just there. So at this point, I think she's just there, yeah, right? She's just there. And she's visiting with Piper, and then has a premonition. They have a little argument because she sees this handsome guy has a premonition about him across the bar. And Piper's like, hey, we're not supposed to be using our powers for those reasons. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't give a shit. And the guy comes over, starts hitting on her, right? Oh, wait, no, we forgot. We forgot the most important part. So remember Uh how we talked about the terrible accent from Chef Moore? Oh, yeah. He immediately quits. Yeah. He's just written out of the episode, written out of the entire series. It's. I feel He's like they gone. were going to make him a character in the pilot, mm-hmm. and then they they were like, ah, we actually don't need him, so they wrote him off, and he quits. Right. And Piper goes from being a chef 
to a manager of a restaurant. Yeah. Because apparently when the head chef leaves, this actually still doesn't make sense. <laughs> when the head chef leaves, the chef, the sous chef that he hires then becomes the manager of the restaurant, which is not true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect uh, transition of skills and everything. Well, I mean, she does comment on that, but it's like, that doesn't happen. She does say that, like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, because it doesn't happen. This is, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was it was just, in a script sense, mm-hmm. a way for them to be like, okay, well, um, Phoebe can't be in back of house, so we have to make sure that Piper's in the front of house mm-hmm. to talk to her. Yeah, it was probably too hard for them to film or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but you're right. It's probably like they wanted to use the the Quake set mm-hmm. and like if she was always in the kitchen, like that doesn't make sense because people aren't allowed to just always walk back there. Yeah. And she's she'd be too busy if she was cooking the right. whole time. So she has to be the manager walking around the front while her sisters are there. And the scene opens with Phoebe literally just loitering like grabbing a drink. <laughs> she doesn't even have a drink at that point. She's just <laughs> sitting at the bar, taking up space at a busy restaurant and waits for the guy to get her a drink. <laughs> even though she could get it for free, probably because her sister. <laughs> yeah. Cause her sister's the manager now. So yeah. oh my God. that's a little funny. Yeah. So anyway, so now that we've covered the wonderful, the wonder that was chef Moore, um, right, may right. his career ever, uh, you know, go on through more um, TV, uh, cop TV shows. I'm, um, I'm sure he went on to bigger and better things using that same franchise. <laughs> um, no, but I have to say, Alyssa looks gorgeous. Like, the styling on her for this episode at the opening was phenomenal. Um, but oh, yeah. the, um, but anyway, so what, what ends up happening is um, their friend, who's also at the bar, but is just leaving. I can't, I can't tell what time of night it is, Yeah, but... Um, and I can't tell if she works at the bar or if she works at Quake or if she doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so she has a tattoo on her hand, and apparently it's illegal to get tattoos on your hand for some reason. It's not true. <laughs> that has never been true. I don't know where they got that. As a person with tattoos, like, can we get some boots on the ground information on this? Yeah, absolutely. It ha- so Phoebe says, I thought it was illegal to get those on your hands because of the veins. Okay, um, our, our skin is filled with veins, and uh, they are below the surface of skin that is tattooable. So, mm. like, n- no. <laughs> people, have, people have tattooed hands. Um, I don't yet, but maybe one day. So, and the gal says, yeah, in the States it's illegal, but I got it in, uh, what country does she I say? Think it was I think Tahiti. Remember. Tahiti, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, so, I mean, whatever. It's only to signal that it comes up again later. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very, it's, like, very strong but foreshadowing, but... It's just silly to me that they, like, put into the script that, to to say, like, oh, I heard that was illegal. And it's like, you can just say, hey, cool tattoo. And she could say, oh, thanks, it's new. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> Why invent this legality behind it? I don't know. Also, don't give, like, like I mean, pro tip from someone that doesn't, get tattoos um don't get a tattoo in tahiti like yeah girl like don't <laughs> what are you doing what if, I mean, like what if it gets infected it, and you're like in tahiti right i mean uh, who knows maybe it was like a good shop or something in tahiti i don't know much about tahiti but um it, that it just sounds to me like a, a little risky so i don't know <laughs> yeah no okay look i don't i've never been to tahiti i actually don't know what the economic situation is in that country i'm just saying that um 
unless your insurance covers you in Tahiti, don't get a tattoo mm-hmm. in Tahiti. Don't don't yeah. get, don't 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 do anything that like gets blood out of your body potentially. Like right. seems, seems like a risk while you're on a cute little vacay. Yeah, and like get a oh. horrible hand infection. Also, like you can't go to the beach after that. So like I don't get it. Like right. <laughs> well. I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, so this yeah. wonderful curly-haired blonde woman, um, mm-hmm. uh, she um, she leaves the bar while they're talking, um, yeah. and then um, um, gets abducted. Yeah. yeah, very aggressively. We don't so. see the face of the man. This is this is like a it's like a it's like a callback to the last episode. Like the kill, we don't know who the killer is, but we get to see the crime. Yeah, and it, it's interesting to me, like how often are they going to have just like random women in distress? Cause that's a little triggering, at least by today's standards. Mm-hmm. And it was two, the first two episodes in a row. Yeah. And it's, uh, and like literally um, like in a, in a little bit, like Prue says, you know, we have to be really careful. Andy says, there's a, there's a man out there abducting women. Like, mm-hmm. like Jesus, like, can we like give these women like something of their own to stand on? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it just, it's very annoying. But um Anyway, so we cut to what I think is like just pure evidence that this is this is written by men. And I looked up on IMDb just to see like what the situation was in terms of who was writing this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and episode two, I mean, it says that the creator was Constance Burgess, but um, it was like it was written by a guy, and then all the people that like assisted him in writing it, like the story editors and whatnot, yeah. they were also men. So. I think part of the sort of like out of touchness with the woman with like the female experiences uh-huh. experience comes from like just a bunch of dudes writing about women. Yeah. Uh, and um, I don't know how to say it any nicer. Was that mean? Well, no, I, no, that's not mean. That's just, that's just pointing out exactly the problem that <laughs> TV shows have had for decades. I mean, and it's, it's 2019 now and only now are we seeing writing rooms that are even half women. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some that are all women, like the brand new show, Russian Doll on Netflix, that I heard has an all uh, woman writing Mm. team. Um, But like, that's, that's such a unique, rare thing for even 2019. So of course, I mean, it makes sense that a show in the nineties is still going to have primarily or all male writers, even for a female driven show. Uh, and then you're just going to have problems like this. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like it's like Brad, Javier, Michael, Greg, Chris, and Zach. Like, mm-hmm. just a bunch of dudes thrown around. What, what I feel like is a very um, – and the reason why I bring this up is because um, – so we leave the restaurant with uh, Prue oh, – sorry, with Phoebe and Piper, like, arguing about using the powers, mm-hmm. and then the woman gets abducted, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we cut straight to Prue waking up with a naked Andy Trudeau yeah. in bed. Who, thank God for that. I mean, he looks so good. <laughs> he looks so good. <laughs> I did some reconnaissance. And um, like this this whole theory that everyone on Charmed is basically from a soap runs very true. Andy also did soap. Oh, I'm sure. Um, which is why he's so gorgeous. Um Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's like naked in bed. She's sneaking out. They clearly had sex, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. so we didn't even know that um, they were going on a date, right? Um, and yet, 
here we find them in bed. So we don't mm-hmm. know, we don't really know how much time has passed, but there's definitely been some like, you know, motion in the ocean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah, and she later on argues with him that she isn't sneaking out, which she is, of course, sneaking out because <laughs> his alarm goes off and she telekinesis it out of the window. <laughs> well, no, that, that's that's later when he's like, he's like, she's like, she, well, it's not, it's not that she argues about him like while she's sneaking out. It's like she sneaks out and then later on says oh, yeah. that she didn't sneak out because she wrote <clears> him a note, but she didn't leave the note. So, like, <laughs> right. I wasn't sneaking out. I just didn't want to wake you. And I telekinesis your alarm clock out of your window, which she doesn't say, of course. But, girl, are you sneaking out? Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> So she sneaks out, which is problematic, but also, mm-hmm. but actually not, not problematic because why can't a woman sneak out? I feel like in the trope of like sneaking out after sex, it's usually the guy and then the woman wakes up and she's alone and she's like heartbroken. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a bit refreshing to see her doing yeah. it, but I don't know the psychology behind it. Cause it's like, Prue, you're going to see Andy again. <laughs> This isn't a one-time thing. You guys have history. I mean, you went on a date and had sex afterward. You're going to see him again. So why did you sneak out? You say like, hey, I got to take off. I don't know. And he knows where you live. Yeah. Which, that's scary because he has just shown up out of the blue before. So I'm, I'm not saying that she needs to change her actions to like, abate him but it's like that's just another scary kind of factor (laughs) you mean like like literally this dude at any point in time will show up at your house as he was shown (laughs) in only one other episode he just showed up and was like i heard there was a commotion and it's like this is uh very unprofessional oh my god and i'm just remembering we haven't gotten to this part in the episode yet but when he calls her and she's like, how did you get my number? And he says, I am an investigator. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> that is a major ethics violation. Oh, yeah, because you're not supposed to do that for, like, personal no, things. Oh, it's just a parallel to the girls using their powers for personal gain. Oh, but also, like, they never explain it, too. Like, um, Prue asks one of the sisters, like, did you give Andy my number? And they say no. Mm-hmm. So, like, we still don't understand how he got uh. the number. Unprofessional. Wait, where's the other thing? Oh, so anyway, so the reason why it's like so, like why this like sex is also very um, troubling is that then when she tells, when Prue tells her sister Piper about it, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I had sex. Um, Prue's like, you had, I know Piper's like, you had sex on the first date. You sleep. Uh, uh-huh. Her sister mm-hmm. slut shaped her mm-hmm. over breakfast. <laughs> but after they're telling her to like, no, Prue, you need to be more open. You need to go on dates and stuff. And then the mm-hmm. second she does and has sex with somebody, they're like, <gasps> not like that. Well, no. And the, and the weird thing is that, um, so, uh, Phoebe comes downstairs and she, apparently she spent the whole night hanging out with the guy that bought her the martini at the bar. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you didn't come back until 3am, which I'm not sure if you can do in San Francisco. Cause I don't know when the bars close, mm-hmm. but maybe, I mean, maybe she did, but she, apparently she hung out with him till 3am. We never see this man again, by the way. Nope. Nope. And she's like, I didn't do anything that I'm ashamed of. 
But like, <laughs> um, Phoebe literally says that, and she's kind of like low key making fun of, um, she's low key making fun of her sister who just slept with Andy on the first date, a man mm-hmm. who she's known, who she knew for like seventeen years. Yeah, yeah, very much like pot calling the kettle black, but like worse because you just met that man. Yeah, I mean, so you don't know no, 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 but she's. She, she said that she's that guy kidnapping women. Come on. I know, but like, like the thing. Oh yeah, and she's like, yeah, you can't be like going out with guys because there's a there's a there's a abductor on the loose. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, could a could a script be any more written by a man for like oh, one right. sister to slut shame the other, then the other mm-hmm. to come down, have spent the whole evening with some guy. She may or may not have had sex with him, then also slut shames her sister. Yeah. Like this yeah. is just make sure the girls yeah. are sexy. Make sure they're having sex, but also they should feel bad. Yeah, and like <laughs> like maybe she should feel good. Like apparently it was amazing sex. Why mm-hmm. is that such a bad thing? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like wonder like what are the you know, what are the what are the rules or like the laws or like the unwritten code of like what they can put on the TV? Because this is a tween teen show, you know, mm. and, you know, they're dealing with sex, which is like a hot button issue. And, um, also on this episode, they deal with like Christianity. Um, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, like you're, you're going for like some heavy duty subject matter. So mm. first of all, you're, you're making all the, every single young woman that just fell in love with this TV show then question like feel like a sleaze for sleeping with a guy on the first date but it's semi okay if you've known him for a long time but it's still not okay yeah are there some like invisible rules about broadcasting because it's because this um this tv show is going to be uh, sent to teens where like they have to police a woman's body so that they do things that are like quote-unquote socially acceptable right right like they still have this desire for the sisters or, or any women in the show to be sexy, but we have mm-hmm. to make sure we check them for it. <laughs> yeah. Like you can only have sex if you've known him for a long time, but you also have to feel bad about it. Like what's right. up with that? Right. No, it's just, it's, it's a way to shame and control a little bit that only a wonderful writer's room of all men can bring us, which is funny for such a female driven show, but Hey, that's, that's, that's the yeah. industry for a long time. And then also, okay, so they're so they're going down that like sex sex the body, the freedom, the freedom route. But at the same time, this is also the episode where they start grappling with like God. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. They they start to get like very heavy with that stuff and like some yeah. some existential panic uh as mm-hmm. delivered to us through Piper. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, before Prue comes in to, like, basically tell her that she's a bad woman for not having, for, <laughs> for having sex, for, like, literally doing what she felt like she wanted to do with a man who she's known for a long time, which I don't think yeah. anyone should feel bad about, okay? No. Um, and um, <laughs> Piper, Piper, <laughs> sorry, I can't even say it. <laughs> Piper is watching... What I mean is watching a documentary on the Salem witch trials. Someone please tell me how many documentaries were made about the Salem witch trials in this. Like, I, I feel like they made that documentary for this TV show. There's no way it's real. Oh, 100%. Because it's like very anti-witch. Yeah. 
it's it, it's like decisively like, and they put her to death, and she was bad. Yeah, um, just to tr- just to trigger Piper's feelings of like, oh no, am I bad? Yeah, and so she's like, so Piper's like b- feeling guilty. You know, Prue walks in, she's like, what are you watching? And she's like, nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and this leads Piper to then drive to a church that they apparently have been going to since they were little. And to mm. wonder whether or not she can even go inside. Because in the documentary, it says <laughs> the woman could not go inside the church because she was struck by lightning because God wouldn't let her to right. the church. This cannot be in right. a documentary, people. No one is going to, no. and no one would record that that she was struck by lightning because she could. That like that. Oh my god! Just so many things. I mean, that's because that's not. Yeah, that's even if that documentary were real, that would be probably just a lie that was told yeah. at the time. That's uh, not. That's not real. Um, yeah, and and but I do love though that she talks to that priest who knows her. And then she does like go up to the church at some point and and tries to go in, but then uh, there's thunder and clouds in the sky, and she's like, "Whoa, I'm not going to risk it." But mind you, all of a sudden that happens because yeah. like it's a bright, beautiful, sunny day, exactly. and then you kind of—I mean, I was watching it um, earlier, and like literally, like you there. I mean, sure, there are there's like maybe thunder. But it could be her imagination because literally as she walks away, no rain, no clouds. Yeah. Like, like it's like, it's a very weird moment how they cut to that. And I feel like, I almost feel like I can see the writers working really hard to mm-hmm. give a lot of exposition here. That is unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Completely unnecessary. I mean, it, I think that's pretty emblematic of the early parts of the show it's Mm -hmm. as as we're discovering it's like the writers making their jobs even harder when it Mm -hmm. could be simpler (laughs) it could be so much simpler it's extraneous stuff yeah just to get them to do something uh Mm -hmm. that they they work too hard to justify it i think um Mm -hmm. and like what's so weird is she's like she's afraid to go into the church but the 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 priest says he's like oh are you here to bring the food that you, you know, like normally bring after working um, right. as a donation to the poor people. To and she's like, she's, she's like, yeah. Um, yeah. And then she's like, she's like, no, I'm going to do that later today. I'm like, girlfriend, you're afraid of going to the church right now. What's been going on for the past couple weeks? Because you still had the powers. You tell me uh-huh. that you just walk up to the front door and you don't go inside. Uh-huh. Like, I, yeah, that's, that's, uh, uh, they've written themselves into that kind of hole because <laughs> they were too focused on making sure like, Oh, we have to justify this whole thing. And then they provide an excuse. That's like, Oh wait, no, you've been here. You, you have been here multiple times. Why are you freaking out? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't understand it anyway. Um, so this weird plot, I feel like, I mean, maybe they're just like trying to give Piper her own storyline. Um, I mean, Holly Marie and God bless those terrible mm. bangs. Like, ah, oh, the nineties. <laughs> it was just, it was a rough time for haircuts because what's weird is that Shannon Doherty's hair looks fabulous. Whereas Holly Marie's mm-hmm. looks like a 12 year old. Yeah. She, uh, I wonder if that's like, it was like, oh, we have to do this for this actress or, or if it was like, no, she has to be the weirdo middle sister. Mm-hmm. So let's give her bang. Yeah. It's just, it's know. just so. And they never do it again. She never has bangs again. <laughs> 
just early show because they realize like, wait, no, that's bad. <laughs> it's just so weird. I just like don't even know. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. I just, I just feel like the stylist could have done better. Like, you know, because Holly Marie yeah. is she's a beautiful woman. Like, really. Like, mm-hmm. I see her smile and it just lights up my world. Like. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, Shannon is sexy and so is Alyssa. But I, I swear to you mm-hmm. that Holly Marie was just as good looking and lovely at that moment in time. They just gave her yeah. a lot, like very little to work with. Yeah. I mean, I, so much of that was, yeah, kind of a disservice to her character because they had this like idea of her. And I think it stems from like, I'm the middle child. I'm the peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And so that meant she wasn't allowed to be like as sexy or whatever, or like uh, the same kind of style or costume or whatever i mean um, and yet she bangs some of the hottest guys to have graced the show mm-hmm. Early so, leo. Hello. yeah leo and whatever the neighbor's name is i don't remember um but he's really hot and mm-hmm. he i mean god he's so he's so handsome um we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to him when he uh when he suddenly arrives but um <clears throat> anyway all of that stuff happens we we deal with god we deal with you know sex and then mm-hmm. we find out that um, uh, the uh, what should we call it? Well, then we find out who our bad man is because there's always a bad man in an yes. episode. Yes, our our monster of the week. Monster before we know he's a monster. Yes. Um, yeah, he's like a, a famous photographer named Stefan. Yeah, uh, but he himself is very sexy. Yes, and he's another. Um, He's another, I mean, this is, this is charmed. You know, no one normal goes to Quake. They are all <laughs> men who may or may not have taken some steroids at some point in their life. They have huge <laughs> chests, dreamy eyes, you know, smoldering. Stefan is a smolder. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know. I like to think that Quake is right beneath an actor's studio <laughs> and like <audition> <laughs> And like. They are all just actors who gather at Quake right after. Okay, new theory. The actor studio is like right next door to Quake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they all just go there to yeah. hang and try to get connections and yeah, hang. Yeah. Um, if- and oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, oh, no, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to like moving on to how Phoebe interacts mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, them. Please. It's so disgusting and it makes Phoebe look like such a jerk. Well, no, no, no. But this gives fuel to the fodder that like Phoebe broke up uh, Prue and her fiance. Yeah, because she doesn't care that he's talking to some other woman. Well, I mean, he like does it first, but she's like still flirting back right in mm-hmm. front of this other woman. And, and it doesn't like bother her. Because it's like, oh. Oh, please, please break it down. Because this is so ridiculous. A man is interested in me? Okay. Why why are you talking to me like this in front of your girlfriend? He says, she's not my girlfriend. And he says, she says, then why are you whispering? And then the woman storms off because they're both being dicks. (laughs) Well, because they're... They're like openly flirting with each other in like, cause he literally says, she's like, oh my God, you're Stefan. Like, bubble, I love your work. Mm -hmm. So she knows his work and she knows who he is. And he's like, yes. And I'll always, he's like, no, it's such a pleasure. I'll always like stop and talk to a woman as beautiful as you, which no one, I mean, first of all, no one says this, but also like no one says this unless they were like, I want to have sex with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like 5 p.m. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> because Phoebe's all like just generally unemployed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so Stefan is is there. We find out that his name is. Um, oh wait, how do we? Oh wait. Oh well, basically oh, because they jump right to his like lair. Mm-hmm. Where it looks like, yeah, it's oh, it's going to be a photo shoot because there's like a nice car over there. There's some lighting equipment, mm-hmm. and then they we pan over to that same woman, that red-haired woman who stormed off because mm-hmm. he was openly flirting with Phoebe. Instead, mm-hmm. she's strapped to a table, and then we see him emerge, but he's a demon now. But here's the thing about that: so we're supposed to believe that he like went and found her after she stormed off, and Phoebe left, and won her back i mean that's wild but he's also a man that abducts women still so like so he would find a way <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, would, he would find a way i mean i i hate to give it to the writers at this point but by showing that literally he was like in the car of the curly-haired woman earlier it's yeah. like you could believe that he would find a way to abduct her but it's also like yeah. daylight so that's also really like that no one is seeing these abductions is kind of wild. I know. Yeah. Um, seeing or hearing these abductions. This is this is very strange. Yeah, he he sucks the youth out of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's like ugly and old, right? So he's mm-hmm. a demon who has to maintain his youth by sucking the youth out of young women. Not mm-hmm. not any young person. It's gotta be young women, I guess. Um, they have better youth, I suppose. I don't know. They don't dive into that. But, um, you know, classic bad date. I mean. (laughs) Classic bad date. You know, the guy that I just met eating me alive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Again. (laughs) I know, but. but, So so she turns old. yeah. Yeah. She turns old and apparently her dementia affects her memory. So like she doesn't right. she like he he sucks so much age away from them that they apparently have no bodily issues like they can still walk around like no arthritis mm-hmm. or anything, but they have Just severe dementia and they can't really mm-hmm. explain to anyone what happened to them. Um mm-hmm. which is not very plausible if we want to think Mm -hmm. of any sort of reality but also what i don't understand is so he sucks away years years of youth away from these Mm -hmm. people and yet every Mm -hmm. day at sundown apparently he's like old and decrepit and he's just stuck yeah he's gotta do it every day (laughs) like what good are all of these years of youth if he needs to feed every mm-hmm. day. I mean, they do kind of say later that for one week a year, he feeds off of the youth, but it doesn't explain why it seems to peter out at night. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, unless it's like Cinderella, like there's a time of day where the youth disappears. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. I mean, but there's a lot of, but remember he's like sitting at the restaurant and his, just his hand, hand turns old. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that it's like fading. So like, I don't, Maybe if, like, if he completes his feeding cycle, it lasts for a year. It's just, it's very convenient. I guess, yeah, that must be it. Like, logically, that's, that's, I guess, what it is. But I don't know. I mean, they're not going to get bogged down with their own details because they have, they have slut-shaming jokes to get to. (laughs) Well, no, I think also, like, this is a character that we're never going to see again. So the logic didn't really need to be thought through that hardly that that well but i think we are doing a lot of work to make this work so i i i just <laughs> you know what I mean? like this this character's magic is very very strange mm-hmm. um but um 
moving along, mm-hmm. we then meet Rex Buckland, who. That's a um, name. Oh yes, and he could definitely be a porn star. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I like a good Brit, and Rex is giving me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just so handsome, um, and he's another um, soap star. So mm-hmm. I. I do believe that um, this is a, Charmed is a soap opera. Like, yeah, it just it the, plays at night, but it is absolutely a soap opera. I mean, the structure of the story writing is very close to soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rex Buckland, uh, I don't know his real name, but he has been on the Disney Channel as a dad. Good. He arguably is the original Nick Fury. So sit down, Samuel Jackson, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> anyway, he was, I, I guess there was either, I think there was like a Nick Fury, either TV show or movie. And he is Nick Fury with like, with the iPad. So I don't know when oh, they redid him and like made him black, but thank you, Marvel for diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Marvel woman has just come out. So they've really, they're really just giving over to progress, um, which I oh, love. Goodness, yeah. Um, and what I love about Rex Buckland, um, sorry, I had to just throw this in there, is that he was on Coronation Street and Holyoaks. I don't know those. Um, which are two just amazing British soap operas. Um, well, what's weird is he, like, even though he's British, like, his career kind of started in America, and then he went back and worked in England. Oh. Um I don't understand how that happened. He must have just been so good looking. He just like booked up a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. But Hollyoaks is this kind of like, um, so it's, so the, they're the traditional soaps in England. There's EastEnders and Coronation Street. And then Hollyoaks is like the young person's soap opera. Um, and it's, oh, it's just like so. the OC. Yeah. So when I was in, yes, it's kind of like the OC, but it's like shot just as like, cheaply as a soap opera so like you know um the <laughs> i'm so cruel I love, it. <laughs> um, I love it. but um um so Hollyoaks was one of the like it was one of the first soap operas to have like a gay storyline with like major characters be like the arc of the season um, or multiple seasons mm-hmm. um uh, this is like a whole nother thing but like mm-hmm. Um, soap operas are usually like geared towards like the middle class or like lower middle class, which is like most of the people and they tend to be a little bit conservative. So the mm-hmm. storylines tend to be like a little bit more conservative of nature. Sure. And so it's really cool that like Hollyoaks is one of the first like in the world to have this like huge major storyline where like a character that's been around forever is like questioning his sexuality and he falls in love with his best friend and then they have a secret relationship while he also has a girlfriend and then like it all gets revealed and then you know people commit suicide it's just oh it was it was everything um that's a heavy one yeah um but anyway so rex buckland was part of none of that but he was just on all the hooks <laughs> but the show matters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I had to throw that in there because if anyone has seen Hollyoaks, it's just one of the best TV shows ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, so Rex Buckland walks in. He eavesdrops on Prue's conversation with Andy, where she talks about like not abandoning him in the morning. And this is again slut shaming. She's in an elevator full of men. Did you, do mm-hmm. you, did you see this? Like literally, she's in. She's 
in the elevator. She has a cell phone in the 90s, which must be very expensive. Um, oh, yeah, and huge. Yeah, and huge. But, I mean, it's a flip phone, though, so she has the more expensive one because it's smaller, and it flips open. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she has to have a conversation about how she didn't run off after they had sex on their first date in front of... In. Like five men, <laughs> and, and it's so embarrassing. Like who wrote who wrote this? Who casted it? Why is there not one woman to give her some goddamn moral support? Yeah, it just it, it is so weird because like they spent they do a lot of work that I appreciate making sure that Prue is intelligent, mm-hmm. independent, fierce, has done well for herself, is mm-hmm. very good at what she does. But then they, like, have to put her in these embarrassing mm-hmm. situations. Is it supposed to, like, take her down a peg or, like, at best humanize her? I don't know, but it doesn't always really seem that fair. Because it's like, why would Aunt- Andy's <laughs> also at work? Why does he want to talk I know, about right? this right He's now? like, and, and, like, in an open office where, like, apparently no one cares that he's yeah. talking about this stuff. What a freak. God, right. And this is also where he says that, like, (laughs) he found her number. So, like, if anyone's eavesdropping, they're going to be like, Andy, why are you calling this woman that clearly doesn't want you to call her? Uh, But then, Mm -hmm. so she's, like, running late, though, right? So, and that's Mm -hmm. more human to me than anything. And, uh, yep, does that old thing where she uses her powers for her own good. And which makes no sense because she apparently she forces the elevator doors to close, which would break the elevator. But instead, she somehow like yeah. zooms the elevator up to the floor and doesn't let the doors open. Like the mechanics of that is insane. Yeah, I mean that's that is like an immense mm-hmm. display of telekinetic ability. Uh, but it's like like just knowing all the electronics that go into that moving the metal it just all of it is that's a very impressive feat but no <laughs> it's not she's not even struggling it's just like mm-hmm. we need this thing to happen uh once again we just we need this and thing she to has happen. no Doesn't consequences it makes sense and then boom she- which usually Right, when Phoebe right. uses her power for no her own gain, there are always consequences. When Prue does it, nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, Piper, no consequences. Yeah, they're they're pretty. Yeah, they're so yeah, and that's early on in the show. They like as soon as episode two, they're having this conversation about not using their powers for personal gain, but they don't have mm-hmm. any consequences for it until much later, uh, when like the elders get involved and all that. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird discrepancy, too. But maybe they're going easy on them because they just found their powers. I don't know. I don't understand. Um, but this whole, this whole like, put a leash on the powers thing, I feel like is this, like, it's almost like when you're reading, like, a Stephanie Myers book and then you find out that she's Mormon. Like, you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like, there's, there's, like, an overarching, like, belief system that's, like, underneath the current of this narrative. Mm. And they're kind of, like, slowly inserting it over what should be like you know just a wild crazy free for all of like magic and like mischief Mm -hmm. you know yeah um they're saying oh you're good witches not bad witches you can't use it for personal gain so like no one no please let no one get upset about the fact that you know they're you know doing things you know like Mm -hmm. like they're good witches so if you go to church on sunday you don't have to feel bad (laughs) about watching this tv show Right. <laughs> That's also that like morality on someone else's terms, just like the sexiness. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. 
Well, anyway, so Pooh has no consequences, which which is exactly why she's able to walk into this interview with the guy that just heard her say that her, the auction, auction house was trash. But then mm-hmm. she like stands up and does a which I which is a very woman forward speech about how she is so good at art history that she can identify mm-hmm. basically anything, um, which I love. Which, I love it. Which I love, but I feel like very few people can do. Do you know what I mean? She would. She'd have to be like an art right. historian genius. Like she's like I. I know like Ming Dynasty to like modern art, which I feel like any good art historian can do. But like usually you 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 narrow it down to like. Mm-hmm maybe like photography in the 19th century. Do you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Yeah, definitely. Like more specialized than that. But she happens to be like a genius about it. Yeah. Which, okay, all right. Like, (laughs) but like part part of me wants to be like, okay, cool. Our main character, one of the main characters happens to be a genius at this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, seems a little convenient <laughs> just like a little bit a little bit like a barbie type of thing like oh yeah barbie is a is an astronaut and a homemaker and she drives a sports car <laughs> it's like all these things like is Prue really that amazing at everything yeah but i mean it's thing. also shannon doherty and she's basically the star right, of the show right. so Prue is amazing <laughs> yeah i mean she really is just like an amazing mm-hmm. character <laughs> uh, yeah but i mean it's it's a bit much. Um, but she has this very like woman she wore moment where she like tells the guy like, look, I may not need, I may have not wanted this job when I walked in here, but I want it and you should give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm ready mm-hmm. for it. Um, yeah. And I'm a little bit like, yes, girl, lean yeah. in. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, girl, I fear for you because you're going back to working with that man. And he is And why man. couldn't a woman own the auction house? Like she has, she goes from like one boyfriend yeah. who's like using her to another man who is using women. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's uh, yeah. Oh, but I got to talk about. I, I mean, I'm sure we're getting right to it. But the the woman who's also in that like interview meeting thing. Which one? Oh, that. Because... But that's. That happens the, later the, when he when he calls her back for the second interview. Oh, but oh, oh, she oh, has oh. to. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. But you're right. There's a woman who's in the second interview that watches her appraise like a couple diff- like two pieces, like just two pieces. One of which she calls yeah. a fake, um, and then the second one is like a Degas. Which uh, like who has a Degas just like sitting around? How is that not in a museum? I know, I know. But yeah, but with with that scene that when that happens, I don't love that they make another woman oh, like immediately an enemy right away. Yeah, because she's like, oh well this is actually a fake. And she's like, how do you know that? <laughs> to give some to give some context for anyone listening, Prue gets called back to a second interview, which she has to go mm. to as soon as they call her. This does not happen in real life. No. You would at least need to have like, okay, second interview maybe tomorrow or the next day. She mm. leaves her lunch with Andy because apparently every time they go on a date, it gets interrupted for either magic or some problem with her, like for some reason. For yeah, for plot, <laughs> um, which is terrible. Um, and also, it doesn't explain like why he can't, like why he's able as a detective with lots of cases to just have a nice lunch in the middle of the day. Like no one's allowed that. Mm. And his 
his salary does not cover this. Uh, um, actually, uh-huh. unclear. I don't know. If you're a detective out there and you're listening, I'm sorry. Maybe you can't have lovely lunches in the middle of the day. Yeah, please let us know. <laughs> Give us some boots on the ground. Um, so she leaves her lunch, goes straight there, identifies two pieces as if it's nothing. Um, one is a mm-hmm. Renaissance piece, and then the other one is like moder- is, is a like 19th century sculpture. And then the woman mm-hmm. who's in the interview stares at Proving like this evil bitch who's able to just mm. do this stuff. <laughs> and then she says a line, and which then, is priceless. Go ahead. And he's like, so what do you think of her? She's like, wait, I think it's like either she's really good or she's a witch. Uh, but yeah, the fucking, there's a paint can. Oh, the paint can, the paint can. Open. <laughs> there's, there's just, right after she does it, there's just, I, I don't remember, it's the wind. I don't maybe somebody steps too hard. I don't remember what knocks this paint can over. But for some reason, there is a paint can full of white paint just open and up above. <laughs> and it falls and paint's coming out. And it like, Prue puts her hands up to like shield herself and like does her telekinesis so that the paint falls in a stream next bends. to her. It just bends. And onto the floor. <clears throat> and it bends in the air. And it splashes on that, the villain, the, the yeah. woman's shoes, which is like for the audience is like, <laughs> she was rude to Prue and now she's got paint on her shoes. It's like no great, you can do another woman, no greater wrong than walking into her place of work showing her that you're smarter, <laughs> sexier, and just better at everything than her. And then you have the nerve to ruin her shoes. <laughs> right, right. I know. It's just one hit after the other and then proves the villain. No. Uh, yeah. And then right after Prue leaves, yeah, that's when the woman is like, well, she's either the luckiest woman in the world or <laughs> she's a witch. And it's so weird and on the nose oh wait i i wanted to talk about also the weird part uh oh gosh it must be this episode oh yeah oh right 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 i'm sorry to backtrack Mm -hmm. but back to the elevator when she does this immense tech uh, Mm -hmm. telekinesis uh, feat of strength by pushing the elevator Mm -hmm. all the way to the 12th floor so that only Mm -hmm. that's her stop nobody else's and the guy in the elevator says (laughs) <laughs> what a lucky you and she says, and she says yeah, yeah I am charmed and it's like oh, that's the end of the show <laughs> I just oh, oh it just is it's very tickling tickle. I mean I uh, guess but I don't wanna, I don't want to say that the, this is bad writing I'm just saying that like some of the jokes were like a little cheesy and I <laughs> Just wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like everything is like the woman calls her a witch. Prue yeah. says she's charmed. It's, you know, like it's cheeky, it's quippy. It's, um, yeah. BB even says that she can see if the sex is good because of her premonitions. Right. And yet you're not uh-huh. supposed to use your powers for personal gain. This makes no right. sense. Right. You're just supposed to find out if the sex is bad on your own. <laughs> hell no. If I had premonitions and I could see that sex with somebody was going to be good or bad, mm-hmm. hell yeah. I'd be like, nope, not going to do it. Or, yep, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so Prue gets, Prue gets her job. <laughs> and yeah. Because yeah. she's the best one for she, it. I mean, she really is. I mean, if she didn't come to work at Buckland's, Prue would be unemployed. And that would... That would not make any sense. Um, so I guess 
after this is established and uh, um, I... This, I mean, I guess episode two is really just kind of like setting up the careers for the girls. Like, it's very clear that like Phoebe has no job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Piper's the manager of the restaurant, and now Prue has a job at Buckland's. And then yep. what? I mean, the only thing that's left is just to um, to kill the demon that they don't know exists. Right. I mean, that's that's all that's like left for the story in this one. But they and then they like very quickly get to it. It's all like saved for the end. Yeah, but I. In watching the the episode, I remember like so. Once Pooh gets this job, literally, I looked at the time and was like, "There's not a lot of time for them to identify and then kill a demon." Like, how on earth are they going to wrap this storyline up? Like, it, it would be mm-hmm. impossible for any other show, but not Charmed, mm-hmm. um, because it just so happens that you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe's been flirting with the demon the whole time, and he invites her for a photo session. <laughs> Do you ever model? In my dreams. <laughs> from, from early on. Yeah, so, like, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're gonna go meet up. And it's like, yeah, it, like, just so happens. Like, first episode, oop, uh, Piper happens to be dating the bad mm-hmm. guy. Second episode, Phoebe happens to cross paths with mm-hmm. the bad guy. So, I mean, they're lucky in their unluckiness, yes. I guess. And then... Um, <clears throat> And then Piper just happens to find um, the blonde, curly-haired woman's older version of herself. Well, I'm sorry to explain. The, she finds the woman with the tattoo on her hand who's really old and has dementia and brings her home. It's that hand mm-hmm. tattoo. And then, um, so Pooh comes home. They're talking to the woman, trying to figure out what happened to her because she, she's pretty sure that this is her friend who uh, disappeared with the you mm-hmm. know weird sketchy tattoo that she got in Tahiti. She says Javna, right. and then they find Javna in the Book of Shadows. Um, and then apparently Javna is a like Islamic demon uh-huh. because because they say that the right, Prophet right, right. Muhammad uh, got rid of him. I love that they're tying in more religion. Mm-hmm making it more inclusive. It seems to like transcend religion because they like dealt with the uh, Christianity fears of Piper already. Mm-hmm. And then they're like tying other things in. So I, I think I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, but it's, it's very weird that, Oh, they use the hand of Fatima to kill the demon because the prophet Muhammad used the hand of Fatima to banish this demon. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just very strange. Um, <laughs> he does it. He does it through his eye lasers. Oh well. Like, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. He, oh, because he he drains their their youth away, mm-hmm. like with eye lasers, right? <laughs> and then that's the they defeat him with the, 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 the like they do the classic, uh, like or I don't know if it's classic. I feel like I've seen this in like some Medusa content or something like a oh my god it is like medusa that's reflected mm-hmm. so like he eye lasers himself <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which doesn't make sense because then he'd be sucking his own youth which he doesn't have right so it's just double old time yeah and and just to explain for anyone that hasn't seen the episode <clears throat> so phoebe goes for a photography photography, not photography. (laughs) Phoebe goes to have her pictures taken by Stefan. She has a premonition when she walks to the door 
<clears throat> she realizes that Stefan is a demon. She tries to leave, but then again, mm. she's in her car and Stefan out of nowhere abducts her and then ties her to this table, lights his right. candles around her, and then he's literally going to suck the life out of her with his eyes or la- with his laser eyes. Mm-hmm. But um like the timeline is really crazy because for some reason he abducts her, but he doesn't eat her right away. He waits like probably hours while she's yeah, lying why would there. You wait? Yeah, why would you wait? And then within this amount of time, Piper and Prue figure it out. Also, also conveniently find the address and then drive to the studio mm-hmm. and arrive just as he's about to eat her alive with his laser beam eyes. Oh, well, thank goodness. I mean, you didn't think it could happen. I, I, I said it before. <laughs> I'm always shook when they, when they defeat the demon. But um, this one really surprised me. I mean, the timing is incredible. They get there just in time. <laughs> I would have much rather it worked. He sucked the, the youth out of her. We have an old Phoebe mm-hmm. for a little while. And then they kill, the two of them kill him. And then her youth comes back. That's how it should have. That's how it would happen nowadays. Because that would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah, and she can still say it. She can still say a spell when she's like old. Mm-hmm. Like that's not. He doesn't take away her power. It's just her age. Yeah. But anyway. But what's interesting is that for the other women, he zaps them. It takes away their age. For Phoebe, it not not immediately. And the same thing goes for Prue. Because mm-hmm. the the eye. The, <laughs> this also doesn't make sense. So the eyeballs um, will suck youth away but then when he tries to suck uh prue's life away it just drags her towards him yeah yeah so so there are multiple facets to his eye lasers Mm -hmm. like it doesn't like i guess it's like first it connects with you then he can move you around and then when he chooses to he sucks away your age I suppose so. But there's no, there's no different, like, it's not like he, like, has to say a spell or do anything special. Like, I don't even know what the Mm -hmm. candles are for, really, because, Mm -hmm. um, like, it's just, anyway, so he sucks her, he sucks her in. On her way in, she happens to grab a mirror, which I don't know how she sees, because her eyes are being, like, eye-lasered. Anyway, she grabs a mirror. Mm -hmm. She does the Medusa thing, where Medusa's looking at you, but you put a mirror and it shakes it right back. But it doesn't, unlike Medusa, it doesn't age him or turn him to stone. It just makes him feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he gets, like, a tummy ache, and he has to, like, he's shook for a minute. I don't (laughs) like this. He had it set to stun <laughs> and not kill, I guess. That's that, that's exactly what happens. He has he has eyes set to stun. <laughs> and that's why that's really why Javna couldn't defeat the charm once he was too busy stunning them. I mean, all these demons, like they really have mm-hmm. issues. They like they like take too long to kill people. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, and that's just like the first episode. He's like just giving out a speech and doing crazy mm-hmm. things, giving them time to kill him. That's their classic mistake. You just got to be quick. Yeah. And then this one's really, I mean, this is this, the way that they kill him really for me solidifies Shannon Doherty as the star of season one, mm-hmm. because they say the spell and then Shannon puts her hand out as Prue. Mm-hmm. And then the hand of Fatima appears on her hand and then it kills the demon. So yeah. technically, you know, Prue is really the one. I mean, it's the power of three, but you know, but she did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I think that's yeah. They're they they set her up as like so successful and amazing, so that she can like be the lead sister because she's mm-hmm. the oldest one and all that. So I think they kind of try to make it so that she's the most powerful witch of the three, even though they're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, who knew Jobna gets banished, sort mm-hmm. of by Prue in her hand, um, and then <laughs> so he dies. All the age magically gets all the ages magically restored to anyone that got age sucked out of them, mm-hmm. um, and they don't remember what happened to them, mm-hmm. and yeah, which is convenient. very convenient. So they, there's no kind of like cleanup with like, oh, please don't tell anyone that we're witches. We're sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, Andy comes with the cops to capture Stefan. But he's already been defeated mm-hmm. and has disappeared, and I guess they don't find the residue of his body. Um, <laughs> and then they're like, "What are you doing here?" Oh yeah, we we were like we were trying to help um, Phoebe with her car trouble because she was also going to come here and get her photo taken. He's like, "Oh my God, Stefan's the killer!" Like you guys are so lucky. And then <laughs> what's so funny is they're like, "Yeah, like she, but she had the car trouble, so she couldn't go inside." Why didn't Stefan help her? No oh one my knows. God. But then, but then yeah. Andy goes and starts the car. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, you fixed it. <laughs> and he like does not believe them at all. But, he, but they suffer no consequences. They suffer no, like, he's not like, wait a minute. Did you guys kill Stefan? <laughs> no. They don't, yeah. They don't question it. They don't, yeah. They don't question them. It's just all so convenient. And they're just like, oh, well, he's dead. So whatever. <laughs> or he's gone. Not even dead, because, like, he he vanished. Well, like, they vanquished him, so he just exploded. But he's just gone. So there's no Stefan body Mm. or anything. So there's just no follow-up. No follow-up. Very strange. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's so... It's it's very plot hole y um, but but lovely, I have to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because hey, they saved the day. Um, yeah, so yeah, they but they do save the day as the charms want. Sorry, I guess char. I can't say charmed. This is this is where this podcast has taken us. I can no longer even pronounce the name of the show. <laughs> um, yeah, but they they save the day and they live on. Yeah. To uh, date another demon guy. Yeah, to date another demon guy and then also feel bad about having sex on the first date, which is so rude. Mm-hmm. No, that's so rude. Yeah, I'm glad we're we're past that now. Yeah, but... Well, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but the silver lining of the entire episode is that Piper can still go to church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in case, in case anybody had any worries... She can walk inside a church and be okay. Because you know what? She is a gosh darn good person. Yeah, because if you ha- if you don't watch the episode, somehow along the lines, somewhere along the lines of the episode, like, someone tells Piper that, like, you're so good, there's no way us being witches could be bad. Because you are a saint. Right. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe tells her. She's like, you're the nicest person, or, like, the most giving, helpful person I've ever known. And that is a sweet moment, you know. I, I do. like that. But, uh... Yeah, but I like that they do put Piper's fears to rest. Mm-hmm. Then she that. goes into the church and she finds out that she's a good witch. So all you Christians oh. out there who are watching the TV show, don't you dare <laughs> complain about our witchcraftery. 
Yeah, they don't serve the devil. <laughs> oh, because that's the question of the episode. She's like, how do we know that our powers don't come from the devil? Right, right. Because <laughs> they're, they're nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess the moral of this episode is don't worry about magic. It doesn't come from the devil. Right. <laughs> and now we know. It's definitive proof. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Okay, cool. I guess that's episode two. I think it is. <laughs> okay, great. Wow, wow, wow. Oh my god. Episode two was, I mean, lit. It was witty. I laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. We get to see a little bit more career development from everybody, mm-hmm. a little more fears put to rest. Yeah. Concerning religion. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like. I feel like we're really starting to get to the meat of what was uh, going on um, for the first season. Like these very um, choppy but witty plot lines. Yeah. I mean, they're starting to talk about, they're laying the groundwork, planting the seeds of all the things that they're going to be tackling and fleshing out later on. So yeah, I mean, pretty solid. We don't even touch it, touch on it in the episode, but like Leo pops up mm-hmm. on this episode. Oh, he does. Oh my gosh. Right at the very end. Mm-hmm. At the very end. Um, so it's yeah. not even important that we talk about him in this one. Cause literally he just comes by to fix a door that's been broken. Yeah. And Phoebe like wants to take him up to the attic for sex. <laughs> Which, yes. Cause she's like, uh, I'll show you. <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> literally Leo walks in the door and Piper and Phoebe are immediately fighting over him. And it's very juicy mm-hmm. and will be, it's, it, this is the plot line that all, like, you know, feminist forward narratives are now like, we're so done with this. Two sisters fighting over some yes. man as if they have no, uh-huh. no, no, no care for each other's feelings. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> plots written by men. But. Good job, guys. Yeah. Um, but no, but we're, we're, we're so excited um, about uh, episode mm-hmm. two. Um, you know, thank you for joining us. And episode three will be coming mm-hmm. soon. So... Keep um, keep your ears, eyes, noses, and um, other senses mm-hmm. peeled. Yeah, your taste. Because <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you next week, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.